Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Rhonda Schrock, America's small caffeinated mom, is on the line. Good morning, Rhonda. Rhonda has four boys. She and Grant know a little bit about uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh Rhonda, how are you? Well, yeah, I just learned something today, James. It was the sexy songs that got us in trouble. We uh, we should have been sticking with Gregorian chants. What were we thinking? Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know that's what I, mean? I love to go on a date with, Gregorian chants. Oh, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying, but, you know, it oh, was yeah. those songs. Anyway, yes, how are you, James? I'm okay. So, <laughs> Rhonda, what are you? Uh, we're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children. Um. Anyway, what what have you written about this week, Rhonda? What is your essay about this week? Well, I've written about the real extreme sport, which is raising kids. And as you said, for us, it was for for male ones. Um, it was smart because these are youngest one Costco shoppers, and my husband came home recent Costco run with a tub of peanut M&Ms about the size of a Buick because, you know, at Costco, they have two Buick and freighter. Anyway, so the cub had discovered the M&Ms, and as he walked through the kitchen, he just said, you know, it's kind of nice to have peanut M&Ms to munch on again. And I said, just off the cuff, well, do you have a munching permit? <laughs> and he said, Mom, I thought you were wanting me to gain some weight because the kid is so skinny, he can't cast a shadow, you know. And I said, oh, that's right, you know, munch on, dude. <laughs> he runs all the time because he's on crust. Anyway, munch on, dude. And, but it got me thinking about all the permits these kids showed up with, stuff that nobody, you know, thinks to tell you. And I know now we should have frisked them in labor and delivery. Maybe we would have found some of that stuff, but it was um, it was the blue eyes and the heads full of hair. It looked like they were wearing toupees. I tell you, it distracted us. You know, they were that good. And by the time we figured out what all they were up to, you know, you're in love and, and you, you're not sending them back. But one thing I learned was that that munching permit is a lifetime permit. And it doesn't matter how old they are or how long they've been gone from home. They walk and they just assume their default position, which is deep into the fridge. You know, and they're here. Let me tell you it's something, Rhonda. Let me yeah. tell you something, Rhonda. I, to this, you know, I miss, one of the things I miss about mom, my mother, so much, I, I think your kids probably say about you that you are the world's best cook and there's nobody that can cook like like their mother. I felt the same way about my mom. My mom mm-hmm. could bake anything. She could cook anything. And whatever yeah. she made was good. And I came to realize when I got older, much older, that what binds parents and children, especially children, to their mother's cooking is that they are tasting the love inside the food. That's what they're getting. It's not just the physical nourishment of the food. It's not just yeah. the details of the preparation. 
The love mm-hmm. is actually transmitted as an energy force mm-hmm. into what your mother provides to nourish you. You know, I've thought about that, James, and I think in the heart of every person is an innate desire to be able to go home. And that means there are people at home, at your home base, that want you, they're welcoming you, and they're showing it by preparing your favorite dishes. All of it says love. And so, yes, my boys very much express that. And I can always tell I have a world traveler, and I know he's getting homesick when he starts talking about which of my dishes he's missing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's a lifetime thing. I mean, they they come home and they just hit that. Um, that's definitely one of their permits that they come with. Sleep disruption, another one, you know, just they worked that one hard when they were little. And then just about the time Grant and I were starting to sleep like babies ourselves, they driving. (laughs) And, you know, there you go. You're sleepless in Seattle again. But anyway, it's part of the price you pay for raising for raising these people. It's all a sacrifice of love. But what got what else got me thinking about that, James, was a caller you had earlier this week. I hope he's listening today. His name is Joe and he was from Queens. And he was really suffering because of a son. One of his sons had been in drugs, yes. has been in drugs for 23 yes. years. Yes. And I, I found, I looked up a quote this week. I, I wanted to get it right. Child is momentous. It is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. And that is absolutely the truth. And as you told that gentleman, you know, our oldest son went into that world of drugs, which meant that my maternal heart went with him into the corridors of hell and back. It was a nightmarish season. And and why was it so painful? Because of our love for him. Pain is the price we pay for love. And the caller earlier this morning, Kevin, I hope that he's also listening. That that pained me because there are things that our children suffer because of their choices. But there are things they suffer because of other people's choices around them. And both of those things we cannot control. And therein lies the great difficulty for parents. We cannot control what other people do to our children, and we cannot control their choices. I mean, then there's things like, you know, health issues, disabilities. We have a a family member who has buried two infants on the same tiny grave. Yes. Oh, no. We can't control those things. But what we can control is what we will do with this adversity. And for Grant and I, we had to lean heavily to a threefold cord uh, rope of faith, hope, and love intertwined. And what I want people to know today, you, you encouraged that gentleman so nicely the other day not to give up hope, you know, for, for their, his son. Um, all those years when it looked like God Almighty was not hearing one prayer that I had prayed for my son, it was exactly the opposite. And when he finally came back and his feet were back on the path of redemption and he started telling stories of what had happened when he was out in the wild, I realized in a blinding moment that God had been hearing every prayer I had prayed. And no matter how it looked, he was working and he was answering. And someday I believe I'll, I will be able to share some of those miracles with you and our listeners, because truly, 
that kid of mine should be dead many times over. But those prayers and our faith followed him. Hope kept us getting up, putting our feet on the floor every day. And it was love that would not let us give up on him. So Rhonda, we have I, to end it there, I'm afraid, yes. because time has run out for today's program. Where can people find your essay? Uh, the DailyBS.com. It's always there, and people can visit me at my little coffee shop in cyberspace, RhondaSchrock.com. I would love to have them. Rhonda, thank you, my darling. Love you thank so you. much. We appreciate it. Love you, Once too. again, thank these three you. hours go. Thank you, Rhonda. In a whiz, it's just gone. Boom, boom. We sit down and then we didn't even do the morning dance today. We'll make up for it next week.